In my opinion, waste is the result of products that are badly designed. Hello and welcome to the 21st Century Design Podcast. My name is Jan. This is a research podcast by Rodrigo Bartista and myself, in which we interview designers, tech experts, writers, academics and activists on the future of design. This episode, I speak to Saskia Westerdijn. My name is Saskia Westerdijn and I'm the creative director of Ministry of Makers. It's a design platform and we started in 2013. It aims to promote and facilitate creative and innovative entrepreneurship in Ghent and East Flanders. And we try to achieve this by creating understanding and awareness in in the various aspects of the creative and the innovative entrepreneurship with design thinking as a mindset. It's an approach that is supported by smart tailored business models and hands-on design tools. Thank you for, uh, for taking the time to, uh, to join us in the podcast. We'll start straight away with the first question, and that is the definition of design, or that is to say, your, your definition of design. What does design mean to you? What a question. <laughs> well, there are a lot of semantic discussions about the word design. I noticed, for example, that in Dutch, the word still has a one-sided meaning and is referring mostly to industrial design or to the style and design of a product. So service design is rarely mentioned, in fact, or social design or other kinds of design. And a lot of companies and organizations still use design and designers just to style their products and not really uh, to design them. So for me, design is really an action. It's to design or to think design. It's it's a mental fact, uh, also a, a, a maker's fact. And therefore, you have to look at design um, as, a, as a process. And uh, there is a man called John Heskett, very wise man, and he said design is to design a design to produce a design. So now you're thinking, what's that? <laughs> That's, that's a, a very strange definition. But in the first design, he meant the general concept in the field. Uh, to design as a, as a verb, as an action, a design, an idea or a solution to produce a design, a product or a service. So not only a, a product. And in fact, we are led to believe that without a strong amount of innovation, companies are, are doomed these days. But the realities of innovation and, and creativity are much more complicated than, than simply a willingness to be more creative and to use more design. So I think that design thinking is a way of handling this challenge. The definition of, of what design is and the function of design has evolved, like you said. It mm-hmm. has different meaning, different connotations. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the definition of design previously? What is it right now? And where do you think, where do you see design going? Well, when I started uh, my studies at the Royal Academy of, of Fine Arts in Ghent in 1980 already, there was no possibility to choose for training as a designer. It didn't exist. So... I think that design or the meaning of design, nobody really thought about it. And design as a concept existed only to make things more beautiful. The art of making things more appealing and more successful, more wanted. But 
designers really, except perhaps for the fashion designers, were really stylists who designed a, a creative solution for the question one or another company asked of a product that were already developed so they could start making things more beautiful. This, they simply didn't question the question. They just answered the question of the company. They were and they acted as creative executives or subcontractors instead of real designers. But happily that changed over the years and in the 90s a lot of schools proposed uh, design courses. So you had graphic design, product design, fashion design, textile design, furniture design and um, later on of course also web design. I am a designer before the, <laughs> before the computer age. Um, but these courses were in the beginning very market orientated. So design products were simply answers, well creative answers to what they, did, they prescribed. And in the beginning of 2000, there, was a, there really was a shift and companies had to listen to their customers' need um, and no longer just make or deliver things they thought were needed. This was really the beginning of user-centered design and service design and social design. Um, and design management as a function in companies and design methodologies or methods made their appearance. And I, I like to refer to what Steve Jobs said, among a lot of other things, um, but that describes it very well. And he said, design is not just what it looks like and feels like, but how it works. So I think that really uh, was a shift. Okay. And, and then, then that shift that happened probably um, um, resulted in what design is right now. Well. Today, the design of, of, or should be, that, that's true because today the design of new services or products still stays too often within the companies and companies, they do desire, hire designers and recognize their added value, but they still treat them rather as stylists at the beginning, not at the beginning, but at the end of the development process than as creative people with yeah, really strategic insights and uh, capacities. So. Designers are certainly able to perform research in order to create innovation and meaningful designs and they should be involved from the start and not at the end of the process. Of course, designers can't do this alone. Nobody can. So not only the, the management has to be involved, but also the users, the sellers, the makers, the technicians, the subcontractors and the influencers. Um, because design is more and more evolving from styling to solve problems and to look for usable opportunities. And small uh, problems as well as the so-called wicked problems, the, 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 the large problems. In fact, designers uh, cannot not change the world. When you see things around you uh, in a holistic way, um, you really have to recognize and, and to isolate and to define the problems and also solve them or try to solve them and that you, you can't do alone, you have to do in a, in a team. So you, you, you could say that products um, don't exist any longer, there are just services and uh, sometimes there are products involved but, but then as, rather as hardware connected to that uh, services than, um, 
than just uh, the service. So executives are using the approach of design thinking to um, devise strategy and, and manage change. And this is a hopeful shift, I think. So innovation is, is to use both technology and design as a strong partnership to help and, and to inspire other sectors in, in the co-creation processes. And in a short time, I think we all be connected. And you will see a crumbling of the wall between all kinds of, of designers and technologists and IT people and so on. And in my wicked dreams, everybody's brain will melt together in order to design the cross-platform experiences. I hope that's an answer to the Absolutely. second question. And in, in, in taking down these walls and, and, and design, transcending the product or even the technological possibilities, mm -hmm. how do you see the future of, of what is design then in, in, mm -hmm. in a futuristic state? Okay. Well, the future, of course, doesn't always look bright to, most, to the most of the people. There are crises, wars, global warming, um, overpopulation. People get older and older. So there's a, a lot of there are a lot of problems and challenges uh, to overcome. But I believe that in times of recession and shortage and final cuts, people in general and also policymakers, very important, um, entrepreneurs and academics in particular, are more creative than ever. So sustainability and circular economy and social design co-creation will become conditioned to design new products and services and to set up new business models. So in fact, I believe that designers will play an increasingly important role in the transitions that organizations and companies will have to make to survive. And companies, cities and even knowledge institutes will have design managers next to all the other managers. And they together can face the challenges in a, in a design thinking way. When talking about these designers of the future, I really like the fact that you said they cannot not change the world. Yes. What do you, but you also said that, that they can't do it alone. No. Um, so what do you think that, that design could mean for you, Mente? Or what is the biggest contribution that design could have? Or what problems, as, as problem-solving people, should designers be looking at at the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Well, um, I'm, I think certainly to make a better world to live in, to create meaning for everybody, um, for companies, including design companies, but also for, for the policymakers and for universities. And um, they should strive for a better and sustainable balance in the wake people live and, and work, how we deal with uh, natural resources and the planet we live on and, and how comp companies can achieve uh, economic prosperity without jeopardizing the welfare of the people. Because we, we don't uh, only have to think about our economy, but we have to think about a global economy because everything is connected uh, to each other. So we can, I can only hope, and, and I am really an optimist, that the industry makes a complete transition to a circular economy and incorporates more social responsibility into their product development, product or services, of course. You see, in my opinion, waste is the result of products that are badly designed. 
Um, so the German chemist uh, Michael Braungart and the American designer architect William McDonough, they have fundamentally changed the mindset of the way we produce and, and build things. And if waste would become food for the biosphere or the, of the technosphere, production and consumption could become beneficial for the planet. So it's, it's really a, a very strange way of thinking, but uh, they proved it, it, can be, uh, it can go that way. So we are talking about the design and the production business model that they proposed in 2002, and it's called Cradle to Cradle. Some people say that concept um, will be the next industrial revolution. Of course, there are a lot of other problems um, designers can help solving in, in co-creation with other experts and companies or organizations. Answers to wicked problems we have to cope with these days, such as aging and mobility, global warming, uh, but also the refugees, the food sh uh, shortages, and, and so on. And that's why I have a strong belief that the future lays in co-creation to challenge these problems. We definitely can't solve them all at once and as a whole, but I think that if everybody and everyone focuses and works towards one goal, we can make a really big difference. Um, in creating this, this better world, and, and as you said before, in, in, uh, I think it starts with questioning the question itself, mm -hmm. what skills are, are needed to, yeah. to do that? Or, or what, if we talk about this future designer, mm -hmm. what does that profile look like? Mm -hmm. What does he need? Yeah, well, I think it's not just the skills of, or, or the profile just of the designer. I think that everybody has um, to have the same skills. And first of all, it's, it, it's a skill of the will and the courage to change and, and to adapt. Darwin said, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one most adaptable to change. So we all have to adapt and we have to be flexible and embrace the experiment. We also have to keep a holistic view, not only uh, our little world, the place we live in, neither nor, nor our country that we live in, but we have to see it as, as a global as a global thing. And we we need to be um, empathetic and, and show a social commitment, also not only here but worldwide. And we have to keep, and that is also important, an optimistic attitude because there are a lot of policymakers and uh, CEOs who are always saying it won't work, it will cost too much, we can't, we can't do that. So please keep an optimistic attitude because I think there is a solution for every uh, problem. But we have to stay focused and above all passionate. We have to stay passionate. Sharing is also a skill that is really needed. We have to share uh, knowledge and insights and we have to do that on a global level. We don't have to keep things for ourselves. Very, very difficult for companies to share. Uh, but we have to strive for an efficient open source economy that stands for open collaboration and, and open innovation. And in that way, we can avoid competitive waste and optimize the, pro the production and the distribution processes while providing an environmental regeneration and, and social uh, justice. A lot of yeah. skills. That's a lot of skills. But uh, as we're speaking of, of design of the future, um, I probably guess that you also have some 
favorite designers or, 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 or design stores that already bring that to action right now? Well, there are a lot. And I, I think that's a very, very difficult question because when I mention the one, then I forget or the other won't, won't be mentioned. Um, so there are a lot of best practices and unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, a lot of worst cases because we can uh, learn from them. Uh, so I, I like to refer to the book, The Blue Ocean. Uh, it's written by Kim Chang and René Mobornier. And they explain how you can find and create blue oceans. How, how companies traditionally work in, in the red ocean, huh? uh, where business viciously fights against each other for the share of market. But instead, according to the blue ocean strategy, organizations should find a way to work in a marketplace that is free of competitors. So there are a lot of um, examples in that book, such as Apple and Cirque du Soleil and Forti and many other cases, and they're very appealing to everyone's imagination. And my organization, Ministry of Makers, envisions especially the design thinking method. So the way of thinking that can also create blue oceans, but then in a people planet profit way, because creating profit by aiming at value and, and human and environmental sustainability. And as, as an example, uh, you have, for example, the silent boots and, um, that Nokia created so that people can phone quietly without being disturbed by the noise of busy streets and uh, noisy construction sites. Um, or the Meal Butler by Studio Dot. It's an integrated warming concept that allows elderly people to he heat the meal and heating them in the right way and at the right temperature. Because elderly people are often not familiar with the operation of electronic devices. The meal butler is extremely simply and um, user-friendly because the device had only one button, so very user-friendly. And it enables them to eat whenever they like, so there's a, really a social uh, connection because nowadays uh, the food is delivered at 11 o'clock in the morning and people they have to eat it then, if not, it will be cold. So then they have the choice. They can eat whenever they, they want, and the food remains really uh, good and, and tasty. What's not the case uh, <laughs> when it's delivered at 11 o'clock. Um, an example of how we can use a single device for a very different purpose than for which it was created is the Nintendo, the Nintendo Wii Fit. And, uh, I'm fond of that example because you, you don't have to um, reinvent things. You, you can look around you and, and see things you can uh, use or share. It's, it's in the sharing uh, idea. Uh, so the, the Wii Fit nowadays is not only a game for young people, but also for the elderly to keep a good shape. And a study uh, has shown that Playing the Wii Fit benefits people, elderly people, who are too weak to follow the conventional physical therapy. And the game helps to keep the elderly people on their feet. They, they don't fall over um, that easily. So it's an economic reality because um, when they fall over, they, there are a lot of hospital bills involved. And um, there are a lot of fractures and, and hospital bills. So we can solve that problem, uh, that problem just by letting them play a game. So it's also a social 
um, a social reality. And um, I think it's it's a very uh, good example. Safka, thank you very much for your time and for your insights. I wish you a very, a very good day. Thanks. Twenty-first Century Design is a research podcast by Engaged by Design and Regenerative Design. Thanks for listening to this episode, and if you want to hear more, head over to iTunes or SoundCloud and subscribe to the podcast. You can also suggest who you should interview next, write or leave a comment on our site, 21stCenturyDesign.org.